0: Date of the division for the NL East. This is for August 16th. I am Ryan Finkelstein, managing editor at Just Baseball. I got RM Layton here, co-founder. And this division is heating up. Our top story we want to talk about before we get into anything else, though, is an article we just had that went live at JustBaseball.com. Austin Riley is making his NL MVP case. Riley, once again, just like last season, having a monster second half, he stands right now, in my opinion, as... The only real competition, I think, to Paul Goldschmidt in this race.
1: Yeah, you know, if if we had a healthy Bryce Harper, maybe. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that is gone, unfortunately. And I agree. I mean, what Austin Riley's doing, we talked about it before. It's going to take a magical second half to to dethrone Goldschmidt, and you know what? He's on his way so far through a magical second half, and not only that, that they've got the narrative side of things too, right? The Braves are playing phenomenal baseball, and if they continue to just play really good ball, finish strong. I don't know if they're ever going to catch the match, right? That's going to be tough. But if they finish with a phenomenal record and Austin Riley's leading the way, which he has been, you got a pretty good case for this guy who has been probably, I would say, arguably the best hitter in baseball since the break. Uh, you're going to be hard-pressed to find very many others. And I think you, know, you can go and check out the, the piece at JustBaseball.com. Leo, Leo Morgenstern did a great job on that, really
0: just breaking down the heroics, as he put it, in the second half from Riley. And one of the really interesting uh, sections he wrote about was his earned success. Basically, that the batted ball data is better on Riley than even a Paul Goldschmidt, that he hits the ball harder and that his expected metrics are proving out even more than someone like Goldschmidt. Not to say that Goldschmidt uh, is just you know hitting 330 based on good fortune. He's been incredible this year. But it just shows that Austin Riley... What he's doing is sustainable because all of the data is telling us that it is, and that's going to lead to more success throughout the remainder of the season here.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's 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 a pretty simple equation, right? Hit the ball hard, higher chance of that ball becoming a base hit. And yeah. Goldschmidt hits the ball hard, but Austin Riley hits the ball harder. And if we're just talking about, you know, just sheer likelihood of maintaining numbers, I think Austin Riley has a good chance or if not a better chance to maintain the numbers because the chase rates are, are not really any higher. Uh, you know, He continues to get better at just commanding the strike zone, which has been a really impressive thing with, with Austin Riley and his development. And man, I, I, I would say that if I had to pick one, I'm going to pick the guy that's in front right now, right? I mean, that's the safer pick. But if we're talking about betting and odds and things like that, I did throw a $50 bet uh, for transparency on Austin Riley at plus 1,200 a few weeks ago. It's plus 600 now. I'd still bet on that over, uh, you know, the minus 150 or whatever it is for Goldie. I think it's going to get much, much closer down the stretch, and we're going to see pretty close betting odds between the two of them. Should be a fun showdown.
0: It should be. And honestly, the other thing to think about is Goldschmidt might split some uh, MVP votes to Nolan Arenado, who's actually (laughs) leading the league in f WAR. But, uh, you know, kind of transitioning to some games we saw this weekend, your Marlins got destroyed by the Braves. And here is a team in Atlanta that was already rolling. They go through that series against the Mets, where they obviously lose four or five. And their response is, hey, you know what? Let's call up Von Grisham. Let's just let's just add another guy from double A. He hits the ground Hardly. running.
1: Hardly. He played 20 games in double A. <laughs> and and this guy had multi-hit game basically, every game of the series. Uh, he got on base four times in the last game of the series. He already has two home runs. He's fast. He plays good defense. He do- the Braves continue to develop these guys. Talk about Michael Harris and what he did in that series. Yeah. Game tying home run in the ninth clutch hits after clutch hits elite defense in center. They're pulling these dudes up from double who are playing huge parts in what they're doing right now at the big league level. And then they also brought guys up from triple A like it was their freaking practice squad, uh, you know, and they came up shoved and they sent them right back down. Kyle Moeller came up. Carved through the Marlins. Bryce Elder comes up 10 Ks. Both those guys are back down to triple. Ian Anderson even came up through well back down to triple. I mean, they are so deep right now uh, and so focused on winning right now. So are the Mets and so are the Phillies. And it's refreshing. I love it. You know, we're not, we're not babying prospects. We're not worried about service time. We're not afraid to bring guys up from triple to send them right back down. And I promise you, those guys are fine with it. They're fine with accruing, you know that or getting that big league paycheck for one day and then going back. It, it, it's it's fine with them. Uh, but i love I love the aggressiveness we're seeing from from every team right now in the NL East or at least the top three,
0: yeah. I mean, it's nothing but but I mean, honestly, watching the Phillies this weekend actually kind of opened my eyes a little bit because I haven't been paying that much attention to them other than kind of scoreboard watching. And the defense is considerably better now that you have Bryson Stott out there every day at shortstop. You have Marsh in center field. There's so much better up the middle, and that really does help. I mean, Nick Castellanos is still having a nightly adventure out there in right field. That's pretty brutal. But other than that, I mean, Alec Bohm made a great bare hand yeah. to play. I, I, he's I getting better. That, it's Segura I, at second. Exactly, Segura at second. I really, th- and honestly, Kyle Schwarber being out this weekend helped them defensively. Obviously, they'll get him back soon. But I, I really think that Stott and Bohm are kind of an interesting mix here on that same side of the infield to see them kind of progress and establish themselves as big leaders and then adding the defense and center. I like what I see with the Phillies a little bit more. And to me, they're looking more and more like kind of that clear answer as a wildcard team.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because they they had, I think they just had a rough series. or so they got punched in the mouth and, and kind of fell apart because then even the defense in that last game I was at on Sunday, you know, Brandon Marsh kind of made a boneheaded play, which is yeah. very unlike him. Overall, though, I think that's a big reason why they've had success. And even in Mundo Sosa off the bench is a guy that you can put in a defensive replacement off the middle as well. Like they have more defensively capable players, which is absolutely massive. Uh, but they clearly just were were outmatched in, in this series. I know they snuck the first game out, right? But then uh, the the other two games to just one zip Degrom on the bump. But it, I don't know. I just didn't really get the sense that the Phillies were ever really had a shot there. Even though Noah really kept them afloat. Noah was spectacular. And then yeah, you know, they, they, it was just kind of a boat race on Sunday. What I will say though is is they hung in there at least in the Degrom start. They snuck out the first one, and I think that the Mets you're playing at City Field sold out crowd. I think it's also a testament to the Phillies. They can only tread water for so long without Harper and now Schwarber. And that's, that's the thing now is I think that's really going to hurt them offensively. I'm looking through the lineup. I'm like, who's going to step up for these guys right now? Maybe Hoskins here and there, maybe real Muto, but you don't really have that guy that you fear in their lineup. And uh, you're really feeling the loss of Schwarber compounded with Harper already out. And I think, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to put runs up, if if they don't get Schwarber back in the next week or so, and I, we know calf injuries kind of linger.
0: Yeah. The, the, the one thing I'll say that I came away this weekend is, you know, outside of that last game where the Mets were able to score some runs against Zach Wheeler, the Phillies had great pitching from their starters the and out of their phenomenal. bullpen. So that now that that pitching is really kind of showing out for them. I do think that this is a team that can string a lot of wins together. They got a really solid one, two, three in that rotation with Suarez, Nola and Wheeler. Uh, we'll see if Syndergaard can give them some better starts and those first couple have been bad. But if that rotation can be as good as it's been and you do eventually get Schwarber back soon and then hopefully Harper, yeah, that, that Phillies team to me looks pretty scary and, and looks better than those teams maybe in the Central with the Cardinals and the Brewers who are maybe just going to be fighting it out to win that division.
1: Yeah, and I think what it really comes down to for the Phillies, we talked about it last time, like the Mets have, have always, this year at least so far, what, they've won five series against them? I think they've they've destroyed them. It it, it is what it is. Um, You got to beat the other teams. So you got the Reds for three. You got the Mets for four again, which if you can split, fine. Then you get the Reds again for four more and the Pirates for three and the D-backs for three. You can put yourself in a really good spot whether or not, you take care of the Mets. They squeeze one out against the Mets, even though it felt like a little bit more lopsided of a series after the last game that probably you know, skewed me a little bit. Uh, but if they can even go one for three against the Mets and take care of business and the other dozen games against below 500 teams, they're kind of in the driver's seat going into the final month of the season here. And that's really all you can ask for without Schwarber and Harper, the defending MVP don't know exactly what the timeline is on both of those guys the calf thing it's tough we saw it with trout last year I don't think it's going to be that bad but obviously they're going to be pretty cautious with Schorber. when they get those two guys back with what they've already added are you scared of this team in the playoffs or are we getting ahead of ourselves there and like really they should just be happy to to squeeze out a wild card spot
0: I think that as far as from a Mets perspective, would I be scared of facing them? No. I, I think what we just saw is we saw the Mets kind of withstand the best punch they could with just the pitching that the Phillies had, and they proved to be the better team as they have all year. So I think that the Mets are are clearly ahead of the Phillies right now. I think the Phillies are a fun wildcard team. I, I think they're uh, a good regular season team. I just don't know how that ends up you know, looking in the playoffs. I will say that Nolan Wheeler – is is about as good as you can get. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So so with that, they could beat any team, but I still think that the Braves. If they ended up in a series against the Braves, the Mets, the Padres, or the Dodgers, I still think the Phillies would lose that series.
1: Yeah, it's interesting though. You you square off against the Padres. It's a best of three, right? So you got Noah versus Musgrove. That's going to be fun. Yeah. That, that could be anybody's game. Wheeler versus who do you throw in game two for the Padres? Would it be Darvish? Darvish. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Here's too. what
0: I'll say. They're a really good wild card series team. Like, in that three-game series, I, I do like the Phillies a lot. I think don't like I don't like them in seven. I don't like him in seven, and I don't like them in five after having to go through that wild card series that they then had to play the Dodgers or the Mets who were just resting. Then, you know, I, I, suddenly it's like Scherzer versus Ranger Suarez game one or something, and yeah. You know, or, or DeGrom versus Cindergard. <laughs> yeah, but. no, th-
1: that will be a problem. But I'll tell you what, and and you might not like this. And this, I promise, this is not Mets hate. But I, the the Braves might be, be my pick out of the National League. It, it, Dodgers aside, because the Dodgers are a joke, and you know, it, it's just they're going to get Dustin May back, who looks spectacular. But to avoid the the very obvious obvious favorite of the Dodgers. I think the Braves can pull it out out of the National League again this year. And I think we could see a World Series rematch. Is is that crazy for me to say, that that I think the Braves could top the, the Mets in a seven-gamer?
0: Here's, well, here's the one thing that I would say is a little bit crazy about that. If you go to the head-to-head this year, the Mets have won eight of 12. Sure. Uh, and, and I think that the interesting thing about the Braves, if you look at their season – they are dominating sub-500 teams. And I'm pretty sure they have a losing record against teams over 500. So how much do we believe in that? Do we think that this is just kind of a front-running team that can can feast on bad pitching, put up their home runs? That's why they sweep all these series against bad teams. But when they face a Dodgers or a Mets, maybe they get exposed a little bit. You know, they have some guys with some high strikeout rates. I I don't know. I, I, I feel like this Braves team has to show a little bit more over the final stretch of the season against the better teams. Because so far this year, if you look at the splits, it really has been they're just destroying the bad teams in the National League. And there's a lot of bad teams in the National League.
1: I I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I think what really has put me over the top here with this team is is the emergence of a Michael Harris. And having an elite defensive center fielder uh, that can really just do it all for you. And uh, now the bat has really played as well. Uh, you're seeing William Contreras just not really completely slow down at all. Like that's a legitimate bat for you as well. Matt Olsen starting to heat up. I, I, I really, and then of course we've talked about Austin Riley. I don't know what, the, I, I just look at them and now Von Grissom's a piece. It's going to come down to the pitching, right? And, and I do like what they have going on there. Max Freed is, I, I'd put him up with anybody. Uh, But my concern is when you go up against Scherzer and DeGrom, how are you going to combat that? My counterpoint to my own point would be Freed has been spectacular. Spencer Strider. I think I would trust. I know the Mets took care of him, but I would trust him on the big stage from what we've seen already. And then Charlie Morton, he's been much better since a really bad start to the season. And that guy's the best game seven pitcher ever. So the Braves, I think, are, are still a sleeping giant here. And I say sleeping just in regards to, to the respect that they aren't quite getting. I don't know. I feel like people aren't putting them in the same bucket as the Mets and the Dodgers. And I think they should be.
0: Yeah, I don't think that they're far off from them. I, I do think that the Mets and Dodgers are better. And I think this is a big series for the Braves this week. And as we're recording this, or as people are listening, game one will have already happened. It'll be Carrasco versus Strider. We'll see what happens there. but. This is a huge series for the Braves. After losing four or five, they're at home for four. You know that they're trying to go out and win three of these games. And the thing that I think it makes this series interesting is you once again see the separation for the Mets. In that you got Carrasco Strider Game One, Tywon Walker Morton Game Two. Those are fairly even pitching matchups. But then you got Scherzer versus Jacob Rizzi, and then Jacob deGrom versus it seems like either Max Fried coming off the concussion or a spot starter. That's where the Mets have an edge. If they can win one of the first two games, they got the Scherzer de Gram, you know, hammer that they can put down on the Braves to close out this series.
1: Man, I'm excited for this one because I think it's going to be a really good uh pulse now uh, to, to get an idea of where everybody's at. And we know we said that last week now. All of a sudden the Braves add Von Grissom, and now he looks like he could be a, a dynamic piece for them. Uh Ryzel Iglesias, I'm excited to see how he can shorten ball games. One note on the Phillies, too, Corey Canable set to hit the IL. That stinks because their bullpen is better, but that was a big guy for them after a slow start was really good. And now on the Nationals front, um, not a ton to write home about there, but they are calling up C.J. Abrams, which is great because when the Nationals come to town, at least there's a little bit more to watch. C.J. Abrams is one of the more exciting and dynamic young players in the game, one of the centerpieces in the deal for Juan Soto. um, Glad to see Abrams brought up and, and get some opportunity to just get reps and and just Get comfortable to the big leagues because I think he's going to be a menace in the and at least for a long time. I think we're going to get used to watching CJ Abrams steal bags and run all over our teams uh, for for a long time.
0: Yeah. And and I know he he did debut with the Padres early this year, right? Yes. But that did not work out great. But now you get to play carefully. Yeah, High
1: pressure, like you'll know, give us quality at bats. We're trying to make the playoffs. You're gonna bat after you know Machado and and all of these loaded bats in our lineup. Like, no, now you're just on a loose environment. Relax, learn, develop—it's all good, and and I think that's going to be a really good environment for for C.J. Abrams to just continue to get better and continue to progress. So, Nationals get a little bit more watchable. Uh, the Marlins—we'll see if they promote any other guys that kind of don't really have any uh, other than Herrera and Carnacion, uh, who I think we could see probably pretty soon. But you know, it's 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 three teams right now in the NL East, and what's cool is these three teams have probably never been closer all season than they are right now. Uh, so we're gearing up for a nice little final here.
0: We are. We got big series to start off the week. Mets Braves weekend. It'll be Mets Phillies. Uh, and we'll be covering all that next week on the state of the division for the analyst on Tuesdays. Uh, make sure you're following our YouTube channel at state of the division and also our podcast feed as well. We'll also be writing articles that go along with all these podcasts throughout the week.